what I'm going to try and do is cover. I will take questions at the end. I would like to sit, stick to questions on the topic. We're going to talk about it because, you know, obviously, cash is this very wide range of questions which could be out there, and we could do that. We could, you know, stay here the whole night talking about cashless questions. So let's just focus in on basically the topic I want to talk about. I want to talk about, um, it, it, since it's, it's right before Shuas, so we're looking at the Milchik Fleshig oven. That's the main, the main area we're looking at is the Milchik Fleshig oven. Um, so talk about ovens in general, how they go, how we define an oven, Milchik Fleshig, what are the issues of, that a person has to be aware of in an oven. Uh, from there I want to go on to the um, what do you call it, the stovetop, the range, what do you, how do you refer to, the burners, whatever, whatever, whatever word I use, and you're not sure what I mean, I probably mean the other one. Um, and uh, also the issue of milk conflation got on that point in time, we'll talk about some spices and those type of things, and we'll talk about also microwaves, uh, milk conflation in the microwaves. Um, and we can do all of that in about, in about 20 minutes. Okay, thank you for laughing. Um, <laughs> Okay, um, we'll see, see hopefully, and try and get, get it all in. Um, when we're talking about the usage of defining ha- what the issues are, issues which are, come up when the person is dealing with an oven, so um, there are probably three issues, issues that we have to look at in halacha. The first one is we have to make sure that there's no actual touching between the and flashings, um, which would apply if there's a residue of a milchik or a fleshik in the oven, and you're, you have to be careful in your oven that you're not putting down something now which is of the other, of the other, the other gender from milchik to fleshik and vice versa. So that would maybe behoove us to, to designate our oven in one direction, and that's, that's you know, one issue which a person has to look at. The other two issues in halacha which are, which are not as well known, and that one's pretty, pretty obvious, is the second issue which is out there in halacha is this, which is known as recha. Recha means smell. And we know that in general smell is not a problem in a halacha. Smell of something which is also is not a problem. Except if something is isuri hanoa. Isuri hanoa is theoretically a problem. It's by smell. But with something which is a chila, the smell is not a problem. And we have this problem that you might have experienced this at some point in your life. Walking by a bakery, a non-kosher bakery, and smelling it, it's not a problem to take a whiff of the non-kosher bakery. There's no problem the the... the I, I doesn't there. Are, there's no problem with smelling them. It's, just, it's not a problem. Walking by a non-kosher bakery on Pesach and smelling the chametz, that's a more interesting question. Um, uh, argument that that still possibly, possibly would not be a problem is if, if you should not intentionally take a whiff, though. Um, walking by a base of Odazora and they're, and they're having their incense going, and that, that would be more of a... That is, that is actually a problem. Anyway, the Reich in general is not a problem. Um, does it apply to an oven or not? And it actually does, in some ways, it does apply to an oven where reicha can be a problem. And the third issue is the issue of zeya, which is which is known as steam. Um, and when is when is zeya a problem? When is zeya not a problem? So there is a concept in halacha that the the steam which comes out of a food item gets the same halacha as the food item itself. It's of a milchik of food, so then the steam is considered milchik. If it's a fleshik of food, the steam is considered fleshik. It's not just water vapor, and it's not, you know, and your scientists will tell you it's only water vapor, and it's not really the food itself, and it's not a problem. Halacha does not look like that. Um, the vast, vast majority of Poiskim, including the, the, the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, which is who we basically follow halacha, do look at Zeya as a problem. So, and that obviously can, can play itself out. So we're going to define tonight what's considered Zeya that we're worried about, and what type of Zeya we're not worried about. Not all Zeya... Is is really considered halachically zeya? You know, this minor, minute amount of steam coming up. It's not necessarily a problem. Okay, so let's start 
that, so those are the issues that we're going to be looking at, trying to cover tonight. Let's start for, if we could theoretically have our, 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 our druthers, and we would like to have, set up our, we're, we're building a new home, and we're setting up this wonderful kitchen. So obviously we'd make two, two ovens. We'd have a milk oven, we'd have a fleshiga oven. If you're really firm, we'd have three ovens. We'd have a power oven. We wouldn't have any problems. And um, we would have like th- three sinks and three refrigerators and three everything, three microwaves. You know, no money was no object. We would do all that. We're, we don't have that reality. And obviously we're going to have an issue. So that's not going to be um, that's not going to be an ASA for all of us, for the vast majority of us wonderful people. Um, so can I, what should I do? So let's, let's start with the preferred way of setting, assuming that I have one oven, and it's not a self-clean oven. We'll start with a non-self-clean oven, and then we'll go to a self-clean oven. If I, have, if I have a non-self-clean oven, the best thing to do is make my oven one gender. Which gender? The gender which I usually use. So I usually cook flashings. I like to cook flashings. I should designate my oven as a flashing oven. That means that I can now cook in this oven open. Flashings will be open. There's no question of having the flashings covered. I can f- cook my flashings. I can cook my chicken and my turkey and whatever I want to cook open without any worries, and that's not a problem. Now, um, I want to cook one time. I want to come along. I want to bake something, which is milkig, and I want to be- make milkigs in this flashing oven. So what in the world can I do? Or I want to bake something, which is part of which I'm go- I want to then use with... With 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 milchik, I want to bake a cake, which I want to serve by a, by a, by a milchik of shalshudas. I want to bake challah. When what what can I do if I have now my fl- my oven is flashing? Now obviously, you could if somebody was you know was into very much into milchiks and they they could do the same thing all the way around. They could say that their oven is milchiks and what do you do? We want to bake, bake something which is flashing. So, what are the issues? So, so let's start with number one. I, I want to go back to Recha. Recha and Halacha, um, so obviously it has to be clean. Let's look, go back to the first issue, Nagiya. It has to be clean. So, I want to now, if my oven is flashing, I want to make something which is going to be pirate. Or milchik, I have to make sure that the oven is clean. So, if the oven is clean, so then I help, don't have any issues of the, this potentially milchik thing touching flashing. Um, alternatively, if I, you know, I'm just dealing with the issue of where my, my food is touching the racks. It's not touching the sides, of the sides of the oven. It's not touching the bottom of the oven. It's just touching the racks. So if I'm worried about the cleanliness of the racks, I could put down a, la- a, a layer of foil, and it's not, touching, it's not touching the racks anymore. So if I want to solve the problem of Nagia, of touching, the solution is very simple to cover the racks. Um, do you need to double layer it? You do not need to double layer it. It's beneficial to double layer it. You do not need to double layer it. Layer it. There are cases where you do need to double layer, and we'll talk about those, but... For this, um, the issue is just the nagia part, just touching it. Is, is, there's nothing which is liquidy there, which is nothing which is, which is there's no liquid there at this point in time. You don't see anything which is liquid, but you see the little mushes there. You cover it over. It's dry. The, pot, the bottom of the pot is dry. Everybody's wonderful, and you don't, that's all you need to do. Okay, that, that deals with the issue of touching. The next, next issue in halacha is the issue of reicha. Reicha in halacha says that if you cook two things simultaneously, even though you do not see any... Any, sm- any steam at all coming out from one to the other, a sm- a, a, the smell goes from one to the other. We, we pass in Allah that Reicha is also the Chachila. It's Mutabidiyavit. It's Reicha is also the Chachila, which means the Chachila, I cannot, therefore I cannot cook in my oven fleshigs and milk together. That's going to be a problem because there's a Reicha issue. Even I don't see any steam, there's, no, there's a problem of Reicha. Um, Bidiyavit, Reicha is Mutter. If you're dealing with a an oven which has an opening in it. So our, our ovens have openings, they have vents, that's not a problem. Microwaves becomes much more of a problem because they don't have that opening, some of them. Um, they're closed. 
um, and therefore microwaves are more of a problem. Average microwave, you're not doing milk exfoliation at the same time anyway. In other words, this would come up theoretically. Um, you're, it's shvuas, and you're, you're, you're putting some things into the oven. You're having a flasher of milk with a kiddish and a flasher of meal. You need to get everything to the oven. And you get great, so I'll put in some milk things and a of things into the oven at the same time. So I said, well, I, what, can I do that? So my first issue, obviously, again, is the Nagia problems. So, well, I can't make sure they're not going to touch. Okay? What about splattering? Well, so I have to wear, you know, Halacha says that you're not mechiv the chayshish for it, but you have to be logical also. If you put it right next to each other, you're going to have a problem, one thing touching the other. So keep them distant apart. What about the remorse says, are we worried about the, something, you know, flowing from one and touching the other? It's, if they're on the, on the rack, in general, it doesn't flow on a rack, it just trips down, it's not going to move over to there. But I have the problem of reicha. Right? So reicha is not a problem if, one of the, if, if they're covered. So if I, if I have my flesha covered and my milchuk open, or I have my milchuk and my flesha covered, one of, the, along with one of them is covered, I'm okay. Even one of them? Even one of them is covered. I need one to be covered to solve the problem of race. Okay, so, um, so here I am again. It's, it's at my oven. It's, it's a flesha oven. So I'll say, great, I'll keep the flesha open. I'll cover the milchuk. That's wonderful. That's not a problem. So we're good. We've taken care of the reicha problem. It's, it's, even at the same time, again, reicha only applies to when they're at the same time. Okay, now I have challah. I want to warm up the challah. And it's very gishmaka. You know, I can have nice hot steaming challah. And I'll put in the challah together with my flesh And then I want to use, I want to use it for milk eggs. Or I want to bake um, challah at the same time. You know, but, but, but this, again, this is all at the same time. We'll talk about it afterwards, one after the other afterwards. So um, I want to bake, or shoes again, I want to warm up this challah. It's, it's, see, it's frozen. I want to stick it into the oven. My oven's on over yum. I want to stick it into the oven. There's flashings there. I want to stick it in and say, okay, but I'm, I'm, so I'm using this for my milk meal. So is that a problem? Not a problem. So halacha says it is a problem. Because he said the chachila reicha is an issue. Halacha says that the definition of the chachila means going and using it for a milk meal is the chachila. I'm, I'm now going and I'm, I'm designated for this purpose. Once the food is done, the food is done. So if I have milk and the together, say, Bidi Abed, they're both mutter. But over here, it's, it's, we, we didn't get to the Bidi Abed part. It's, I can use it for flesh. So I, I'm stuck. I have nothing to do with it. So the only eights it would be if I have no way to, I have no way other way to get a chalo for this milchuk and meal. And the only way I can eat the milchuk and meal is eating the chalo with the milchiks, then it would be mutter. So what I can do is I can have it for the milchuk and meal. I can't eat it with milchiks. I could have it in the milk of a meal. I cannot eat it with milk. I could eat my challah and then stop eating challah and then eat milk. That would be okay. Again, in the scenario. Now, let's give the scenario again. So, a person is, wants to put into the oven where there's open flashings, wants to put in a cake, a challah, or something of that sort, to, and use that with milk. You may not use that with milk with the chachilah. Unless they have no other way to, get the, to, get the, to, to have, have the meal. And the milk that I'm eating must be eaten with bread. You know, it's something which the only way I can eat the milk is with the bread, and I have no other way to get another, another type of bread. So then, that's a bit of so then it's going to be mutter. Right? Is this clear? Yeah? We're good? Yes. Chal is covered, then it's fine. You can, you can cover it also, but if I want to have a chal open. What? Whatever you want. Yeah, depending on what you're doing, if you have a chal which is just free, warming up, you can do that. The raw dough, I think, it's pretty hard to bake like that. Right. But you're right. If you, if the scenario lends itself to cover it, hey, cover it. Is that a problem? Okay. Okay. 
So that, that's the only place where Reicha is going to hit you. That's the only place where Reicha is going to be an issue is you're talking about doing both at the same time, which is not so common. Very rarely we're putting Milch and Feshach in, in the oven at the same time. Bezer there's no issue of Reicha. So the only issue which comes after Bezer which is the average case, so I, you know, we've gotten that off the table. Now let's talk about the real issues. The real issue is Milch to Feshach, Feshach to Milch, one after the other. What do we do? So again, so now, so our, we've, the, the oven is fleshing. It's a fleshing oven. I'm allowed to cook in this oven uncovered fleshings without a problem. Now I want to use this oven for milchings. Milchings being, um, or pirates. So this is where the halacha bring, bring, brings forth the concept called, called zeya. The issue is, it's not touching. We cover the rack, so we're not touching it. So what are you worried about? You're worried about something called zeya, since the, the previous thing which was there produces steam. Or the previous things which are there from before produce steam. So this steam goes up into the airspace air of the oven, gets absorbed into the top of the oven, then you come along with your milk of the thing and say, okay, I'm, I cook my milk of the thing, and it also produces zeya, goes up to the airspace. Air we'll get to that in a second. Now you understand where we're going. Good. Right? So we'll go up to the airspace on top, take out some of that flavor which is there in the top of the oven and go back into the food because it's pretty close. So therefore, since that's the whole problem, if you, cover, if you cook your milk it's covered, there's nothing to worry about. So if I have a, a flesher oven and I use the flesher oven for uncovered, there's no problem at all for using it afterwards for milk which is covered. It's not a problem at all. And we understand the logic behind that. It makes a lot of sense. Or, Certain things, halachas do not produce enough steam to be considered significant to be a problem. And that includes challah, that includes cake. Even though it's a batter, um, that amount which it produces is not enough to be considered a problem. So, if I want to take my flesh the oven, assuming that the oven is, 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 is um, again, I'm not touching the racks, you know, I don't have any problem with touching the racks, the only issue was is the issue of zeya. So I want to put in a challah afterwards, that that challah is not considered to be, that challah is not considered to be a problem because it doesn't produce any zeya. So there's no way, it's not making any contact with that thing which is absorbed in the walls or in the top of the oven. Does that zeya disagree with the oven cools? Or is it always still in the oven? It's a very good question. Um, it's a very good question. There's two, there's two areas where we worry about zeya. I will get back to your question, and that will address that question. Now, the question you're going to ask me is, what in the world do you mean that certain things don't produce zeya? You know, it's like, well, cake doesn't, you know, you take a cake out of the oven and there's a nice little, you see the steam rising out of it. So no, it's not significant. Number one, when you open the oven door and that whoosh of steam comes out, that's not what we're worried about. Because that's because of the change of the temperature that it's producing that. You know, there's is a certain amount. Of, that's not what we're, we're talking about. In the oven itself, it's producing it's producing steam, even under the circumstances of the oven itself, where there is hot oven. So, which many things will not produce a lot of steam because how much steam are you going to produce if the air area above it is also warm? So it goes from there to there. So how much vapor does the vapor condense? So that's not really such a problem. So. And the fact that you see it coming out when you open the door is not a problem. And w- since the door is open, it dissipates. It doesn't go up inside the oven. So that we're not worried about. But the fact that they are, once it's an open space, that they say it does not, it's not contained, it, it, it dissipates, and that's not a problem. Um, what about you, if you, some of you still have your lights inside of your oven? You know, we took it out because of the... the, the in case you would have that, and you look and you see steam coming up, 
So Rav Moshe says, if you actually see steam coming out of this item, this, this, this solid item, whatever it is, it would be a problem. The solution is, don't look. Now, you all know that rule. Don't look. Right? So here is, this is the concept of the loch again. The loch says the same concept. Don't look. You're not going to look. Don't look. Better not to look. You know, keep your eyes shut when you're looking at the oven. You know, like, you know just don't look in the oven, please. You, know, you won't have to worry about anything. Okay. So, if you want to cook, um, you want to cook or bake, you want to cook something milchiks, or bake something milchiks after the fleshiks, or you want to cook something pariv, or bake something pariv after the, after the fleshiks, the fleshiks is uncovered, so there is zeya from the, the flesh again, but there's no zeya on the milk again, we're not worried about it. So, so a person, as long as the, the oven is clean, um, we're, we, we don't have a problem of using it from fleshiks and then from milchiks afterwards, if uh, the milchiks are, are covered. Now, there are certain milchiks which you need to cook, to bake. Uncovered. That's you know part of the process. The the, 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 the recipe doesn't work if it's covered. So now what what's supposed to happen? Um, so what's supposed to happen? So there's a concept in halacha called kashering. So we're talking about the person does not have a self clean oven. Self clean oven lends itself to kashering in a very wonderful way. Solves a lot of problems. There are two issues or three issues which come up with the kashering issue of a non-self-cleaning oven. Um, a self-cleaning oven takes care of any of the bands. The first thing you have to do when you want to kosher anything, you want to kosher a pot, pot got dirty, so you have to clean it. It has to be clean. So your oven also has to be clean. If you want to kosher it, it's a non-self-cleaning oven, you have, to, you, have to, you have to clean out your oven. We know that um, the same way if you want to kosher a pot, or you want to kosher your sink for pace, you have to wait 24 hours since the last time it was used. So here it is, it's two days before, two days before, before Shavuos, and you realize you, have, you haven't made the, the, the cheesecake yet, and you have a very thin... Well, I, the person seems to assume, I, I'm, you know, I have to tell you, I'm an absolute armor when it comes to food. I know how to eat it. But when it comes to baking it, so I, they say cheesecake is considered not a dry food, it's considered a wet food, and it produces a... That's the assumption in Allah. I Don't ask me, maybe your recipe is different, I don't know what recipe they were referring to. Um, that's what I've seen, a few people have said that they, they look at a cheese Danish, is probably dry, and a cheesecake is wet. And you ladies will figure out why. Um, a lasagna is considered or usually a wet, a, a wet food. There's a lot of liquid in lasagna. Some people, my wife says to me that ziti, she thinks ziti, the way we, we, we were discussing it, uh, based on the criteria I gave her, ziti is, is considered a dry food. Probably depending on your recipe, again, how much you're putting in there, like how much cottage cheese, how much ricotta, ricotta cheese, how much the other, other cheeses. Pizza, by the way, is considered a dry food. Okay, um, the fact that it has the cheese on top and it has the oil, but it's again, it doesn't become liquid. You know, it softens, but it doesn't become mamish. It's not a liquid. Um, so, twenty-four hours, but it's it's two days before pace. You know, you, you know, it's it's it's, it's twenty-four hours. It's a, it's a headache. You know, when it's two days before Shavuos and you got to get this done and that done and this done and that. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's twenty-four hours. Is not such, it's not always available, but you need twenty-four hours to kosher something. From milk hooks to flesh eggs, unless it's self-cleaning, you need 24 hours. Um, there are some places in which get away without 24 hours. Um, it is a big mile. To, 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 uh, I, I, you need 24 hours. You know, somebody tells you they heard from a rabbi that he holds otherwise. I understand where he's coming from. Um, I'll tell you why. The Debrisino says you need 24 hours, and the argument is because our ovens are co- coated with enamel. And halachically, kashering enamel is almost impossible in halacha. 
So whatever we're going to do in the oven is we're, we're being makele very much being makele in the oven. Once it's 24 hours, it's dealing with the Issa de Rabbanon, it's much easier to be makele on that. You're dealing with less than 24 hours, you're dealing with the Issa de It's not clear in Allah that cash and enamel works. So getting involved in a suffix of the Raisa is not worth it. So therefore, since we don't, we don't want to burn a Gehenim, so I, I, you know, we wait 24 hours. So you have to clean it. You have to let 20, 24 hours. And then what you do is you put it on the highest setting. For how long? Half an hour is, an hour is preferred. Biddy average, you're going to be half an hour on the highest setting, broiled, the highest setting, whatever it is. You set it for the ha- on the highest setting for an hour. And now your oven is now kosher. It's no longer flashing. Now you can use it for milchis. When you're finished, you're going to do the same thing back. Assuming you have 24 hours after your milchis to be able to put it, turn it back. So a person should be ahead of the game if they want to do that. Um, the, the, there is, are some places which suggest that it's even better if you could put a pot of water in there. Well, on the high setting, let the water put out the zaya. And that the, that the same way, we have a rule by, by kashering, how, the way it goes in, this way it comes out. So the zaya now going out through the through oven will take out any zaya which is in there and kasher it. And that's, that is a preferred thing to do in Allah. It's not required. Okay. Um... Let's say um, you decided that this is not going to work. You don't, you don't have 24 hours. It says, okay, so then you pull out. The, the, the solution is, of course, a part of a cheesecake, right? It's a, it's a foodie quiche, cheesecake. And, you know, I mean, I'm just, you're at the minute, I'm not sure about it. You want to so make your, but it's a liquid. So now you're dealing with a power of food, but it's a liquid, right? So what do you do over there? So there, already you're dealing with power of, then, then you do have a solution. You don't have to wait 24 hours. You can cash without waiting 24 hours. You're dealing with a knot. There's reasons why that's true in halacha, but that is, there 24 hours are no longer be necessary. So if I want to now use my oven for a liquid power of a food, which I then want to be able to use with milchiks, then I do not need to wait 24 hours. I can clean it and wait 24 hours and not kasher, or I can kasher and not wait 24 hours. I have an option, whatever one I want to do, I can do those two options. So we're good. So, so if you want to have a milk and a cheesecake, you know, something of that sort, you need 24 hours. If you want to have a part of a cheesecake, you do not need to wait 24 hours, even though it's a liquid. Just, cash, just clean it? Clean the kasher. Yeah. Clean and kasher in high setting. High setting, right. You can't kasher without cleaning it or something like that? No. Unless it's a self-cleaning. Okay. Um... Okay, so that's, we've done, we've come up with that solution. If you have a self-cleaning oven, um, I do want to point out, this Eitzah, going from milk to flesh back and forth, is is something you should not do on a regular basis. The the Rum says, because we're always worried you're not going to wait 24 hours. You're going to have to wait 24 hours, so you shouldn't do it. I mean, theoretically, I, I can own one pot. And as long as I don't mind having skipping a day for food, you know, I could have flashes on Sunday and milk on Tuesday and flashes on Thursday and, you know, on Shabbos. And, you know, I can directly do that. Just keep cashing my pot from one to the other. Mugarum says, don't do that because you're afraid you're going to forget. Next thing you know, you're having flashes on Sunday, milk on Monday. Right? And you don't wait, wait your 24 hours. So the, over here, you need 24 hours, so you should not be doing this on a regular basis. So once, occasionally it's okay. Don't do it on a regular basis. If you have a self cleaning oven, that works in a different process called libun, not hagola. You do not need to clean it. You do not need to wait 24 hours. And you can do it as much as you want back and forth. 
Yes. Because it works in the process of Libun, and the whole reason why you have to wait 24 hours is because you shouldn't do it regularly is because you're afraid you're going to wait, not wait 24 hours. Well, but here you don't need to wait 24 hours. So, like, okay, you know, just enjoy yourself. So if you ever have an option of getting a new oven and, it's, it, it, uh, and it costs you a little bit, actually get a, get a self-cleaning oven. It's just... Pesach, you want a kosher oven, self-cleaning oven. You know, milk, inflation, self-cleaning oven. Once you're kashering that, by the way, you can, you know, you can, you can, the, it takes care of the ban on the, on the grates. You can throw in the grates, if you have, a, let's say you have a gas range, you can throw in the grates on your gas range until they're also, and kosher those also. It's a wonderful system, you know, great. It takes care of your, no pun intended. Um, so, self-cleaning will solve, all of your, will solve all your problems. There is something called a continuous, continuous cleaning oven. I've never seen one. I've just heard about it. Has anybody ever here ever seen one? What? You've seen it. They are, they are a major headache. Never get one. <laughs> um, they're a major headache in Olocha because there clearly is enamel involved and it's a real, it's a real big mess how to, how, what to do with a continuous cleaning oven. Continuous cleaning oven and self-cleaning oven are two different worlds. Don't get involved in it. Um, okay. We're good so far? Yeah. All the areas where Zaya comes up, uh, where the, the, the potential issue was, where Zaya comes up. So the first area is we're talking about in our oven. So if you would have un- uncovered liquidy flashings, you know, you're, 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 um, you're making a chicken with gravy, and then so you put Zaya into the, into the oven, and now you come along and you do the same thing with milk, so you're going to have a big problem. So the, the only answer is, is that you cover your milk, or you cash the oven. Um... What about on top of the the, the, the range top? Stove top, thank you. I'm not sure the, the standard. I, we, my group, that was called the range. You know, that was called the range, you know. Yeah, there are two separate things. The stove is on the oven underneath it. Uh-huh. The range is on the top of the counter. Okay, fine. Very good. Thank you for, thank you for, thank you for explaining that to me. I promise I will forget it. And I will make the same mistake again. What? Okay, so um, um, I have my you know four. Usually, you have four burners. Some people have you know fan place have their, the, the fifth burner, whatever it is. You have your four burners, and I want to use milk and flashes at the same time. Is that a problem? Um, I see steam coming up, and there's this hood on top. And is the problem? Is any problem with the hood? Or um, I have a cabinet on top. Or I have an oven on top. And there's all this wonderful steam coming up from my, my, my chicken soup. It's putting up all this beautiful, delicious smelling steam. And what happen, what's the status of my oven now? Which is on top of the, you know, you have a double, double, you have a double oven. What's the status of the, the items inside of the cabinet on top? So there's steam there. Um, so hello, this is like this. Steam does not get absorbed unless there's heat. So if by the time the steam reaches this item, the steam is no longer Yatsa Lettuce Boy, which happens very fairly quickly, it's not going to get absorbed. If the item itself is yet hot, so then you have a problem. So if I have my steam going up, and the item at which it's reaching on top is also hot, Yatsa Lettuce Boy, so now I have a problem. Even though the steam has cooled off, but the item is hot. But the average case, you don't say you have a cabinet on top, or you have, so that's not a problem. Because the time it reaches the cabinet, the time it reaches the hood, it's not Yatsa Lettuce Boy anymore. So it's not going to get absorbed. Um, 
if you would have, you know, you're, you decide you're making like, you know, uh, like this, you're having over a cadre of people, an army, you get this big pot and it's like it's three inches from the hood, yes, you're going to have a problem. Right? If you have a very low hood, yes, you're going to have a problem. Okay, so now you have these new fancy homes, they have the, they have the islands in the middle with the, with the range over there, it's probably a range in the middle, right? And you have a place to hang your ladles and all your wonderful things, and you have, your, your, you have all your ladles hanging there, some are milk and some are flashing. one side is milk, one side is flashing. you're very careful, and the steam is coming up on, onto your milk and flashing ladles, right? Right? Well, the, the answer is, again, the ladles are not hot. By the time the, steams get, the steam, or, you know, steam gets to it, the steam is cold off also. So that would solve the problem. Not 100%. There's a primogodum. Primogodum says that besides the fact that the steam actually gets absorbed, there actually is a layer of steam on top. So even it doesn't get absorbed, it's still there. Now, it's very easy. You can just clean it off before you use it. You wash it off and you won't have a problem. But you have to remember to wash it off. And then he says, if you, by nature, do not usually wash your ladles before you use them, you should not hang your ladles in such a way that they're going to be receiving steam coming out from beneath them. Okay, so now let's go back to our cabinet. Okay, so the cabinet, so um, if in your cabinet you're storing uh, containers of, my wife has, that's where she keeps the sugar and the flour and those things right above, the, she keeps it right over there. So good, so it, if worse comes to worse, it'll make a layer on the outside of the, so my, now this um, container has a layer on the outside of milk of steam or flesh of steam. It's not a, it's not a cautious issue because it's cold. And, and you never use the container itself. You use the, the contents of the container, so that's not a problem. You have a cup there, and you store your cups over there, or your, your plates over there, and, that, you know, you, and sometimes it's open, and you see steam going in. Your plates are now covered with a layer of whatever was, that steam was. So the Primagodim says you should not put yourself in a situation where you're going to have above, where steam could hit it, and the Silly question, so that you have two issues. You have being absorbed... And absorption needs heat, but there's also an issue of that there's actual end there which you need to clean off. So you should, it's better not to get yourself in that situation where not everybody agrees to this problem of the Prima Gaudim, but the Prima Gaudim does say it. A lot of other person can bring it down. So definitely we're dealing with trying to set this up in the best way we can. So we should watch, we should watch out for that. Okay, so now... Yeah. Usually, say it goes up; it doesn't go out, right? Okay. Now, but scenario which I could have your problem is: so I'm cooking again. My, I'm having this big army of people over here, and I'm cooking my large flesh pot. And meanwhile, my my kid needs um, something milk. I have to cook, cook up some. So I have a little pot of milk right next to this big pot of flesh. So you see the steam going up and going off, goes up, and it spreads out right there and hits the side of your your, your chicken soup. All right, so that's a problem. You, know, you don't want to be in that situation where as, as the steam's coming up, it's right there right next to the... You don't want to put a small pot. They're two equal-sized pots. So great, you know, they're both going up in the right direction. They're not going towards each other. But if one is lower and one is higher, so you, might, you would theoretically have an issue which you want to stay out of. Um, I, obviously, you want to try and dump it too close. Anyway, you don't want... Things boil over, things splatter, all those wonderful things that we happen in the kitchen that... Um, I usually call my wife when that happens. What are we supposed to do now? And I, I know it's a problem. Just, what do we do now? Right, okay. Um, say that you have an oven. You have an oven above. Um, so as long as the oven door is closed, nothing's going inside the oven. 
um, you want to, you would want to try and avoid, if possible, if you see the steam coming off from one of your pots, don't open the oven door at that point in time. You don't want the, oh, the steam going inside. That's going to be a problem. Okay. Um, another area which you would want to deal with in the, in the, in the range, okay, stovetop, okay, not range, okay. If you have an oven beneath, it vents out. Where does it vent out to? So some of them, you know, the ones, the ones that stay on the ground, so the vent goes out to the back, and that's great. Some of them vent forward, right behind your pot. They come out, like, right behind the pot. It vents, or it vents through the back burner. So if the back burner is on, it's not a problem. Halacha says fire burns steam. So the back burner is on. The, the fire which is there will burn that steam and prevent it from, if it's going, if it's through the burner, it's not a problem. Some of them vent through the burner. Some of the, the, the you have the, the oven below, and you have the, the stove top on top, and the vent which lets the steam out of the oven. So you have your flashing oven, and you're cooking flashes in there, and there's flashing gazea coming out. If it vents through the back burner, not a, and the back burner is on, that's not a problem. If it vents through the back, not through the burner, but through the back of it, and it has like an opening, there's like little that little opening about that big, which the steam is coming out of, right behind your pot. You don't want to put a milk pot there. You don't want to put a milk pot there. You don't want to put a milk pot there because. And the steam is coming out from flashing. If, if the burner is on, it's not a problem because the burner burns burns the, the, the steam. So you can cook a milk thing and the flashing thing will be in the oven. Right. The steam coming right into the pot. Because it will come. It burns it before it gets to the pot. But if, it, if it, that's if it's through the burner, if it's the behind the burner, then you have a problem because then it's, then it's venting it right there. Um, okay, spices. So I want to I want to put something. I want my salt shaker. I, I'm making my flesh, making my, my chicken soup. And I take the salt shaker and I shake it in. Right. So there's a steam coming up. So the, the you know the rule was that the bubby didn't do that. She would pour it into her hand and she'd pour it from her hand. The reason why she did that is to solve this problem. You, you, you don't you end up with, you don't end up with milk or flesh sugar. Spices. If you pour from the the, the, the the salt shaker, and there's a steam right there, so the heat probably is not a problem. It's probably not going to be that. You're not putting your hand right there with the outside lettuce, but, but according to the Primagodim, you have the Be'en issue. You have that, that there's still this, this layer of moisture which is there, you could, which, gets, which goes into, the, into, your, into your salt. So you end up with, theoretically, flesh uh, of salt in that situation. So again, the solution for that is don't, you know, that's why, that's where the, where the world of the, the Zhmenya came from, you know. You put a Zhmenya in your hand, you throw it in, right? Zhmenya means a handful in Yiddish, or in some language, I don't know what it is, right? Um, what will be, okay, so now we're, we're just talking about that, I'm, I want to move away from the stovetop for a second. The same issue, I put my meat down on my, on my plate, nice steam coming out of the meat, shake the, shake the, the, the ketchup onto, onto the meat. Right, so, you know, these kids squeezing the. So if you if you have a home with little kids, you need to you need two ketchups. You need milk, you, because kids will never. They can be guaranteed to touch the ketchup bottle to the food. You know, the ketchup, the the the, 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 the ketchup bottle will, will will. If you don't have two, you guaranteed you will have meat and lasagna and everything on the top of that that ketchup bottle. I just want to wash the ketchup off every single time you have to use it, which you do not want to do that. That's not. It's very time consuming. Um, if, if it's an issue, I'll cover the price of buying the extra, uh, extra ketchup bottle. Get a milk sugar bottle and a flesh sugar bottle. Okay, but now you're, we're dealing with adults, and they, we, they've finally been trained by, by the time they're about 25 or so, not, if they're yeshiva bakram, not to touch the meat. At 25, they get married, and the wife finally teaches them they shouldn't touch the meat. Okay. But what about the steam? 
So I, I'm, I'm squeezing my ketchup bottle or my mustard, you know, and there's this steam come out of my, this, I just made this turkey burger or whatever it is. It's a nice steamy thing. And is that a problem? Posh is not. It's a minimal amount of steam. It's an op- very open area. The temperature is not there. That, say that it's getting absorbed at that level is probably not a problem. Again, if you could do, you have two, why not? Um, but, um, okay. You have a hot water dispenser. So you put, you know, this, so one guy puts in uh, his hot cocoa with milk in it, you know, coffee with it. He makes a coffee and there's milk in the coffee and you put your hot water there and the, all the steam comes up right, right under the dispenser. Of course, they put it right under the dispenser. And now you want to make your, um, you know, bouillon soup, you know, or something like that with, with, with this hot water. You want to make something flashy. So, um, the argument goes that while the water is going out, nothing is going in. There is, there's nothing getting absorbed, and it's just, you know, you could just wipe off the outside of it, wash off the outside of it, and you don't have a problem. Uh, this is one issue you have, you want to use, in, 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 if somebody's you know, is working or it goes into a public place, there's, there's, there's trafa, which is, 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 is get, get, getting about over there. This child, which always comes up along the same lines, so your cholent is drying out, the job is, and your cholent is drying out. Well, it's not a problem. I have a percolator, and the percolator has hot water in it. So I'll just I'll pour it from the, the percolator into the cholent, and I'll save my cholent. I can do chazara; it's covered. So I take the cholent off, with, and I, I'm a, it's fully cooked. It's still hot. It's covered fire. I take it out with intention to return. I don't let go. I'm a good boy, a good girl, right? I do everything I'm supposed to do. Take it off. Put it right under there, because, you know, the Shiloh, you know, you, you use the cup in between, you know, it's a Shiloh. So I put it right there, and this wonderful flash of steam goes right into my percolator. Now, you know, so good, I take care of it, Shabbos, I take care of it. My husband gets up in the morning and says, he would love to have a cup of coffee before he goes to Davini, with milk, of course. Well, well now what's supposed to happen? I just made my percolator flashing, didn't I? Um... We had this mice that happened in Tells that um, one neighbor, there was Carol, you know, one neighbor, his shalom was drying out, he went with that to the next, next door neighbor, did that, the neighbor took him to Besden because he, he made his percolator. What, what's, who needs a flashing of percolator? Just buy a new one for the person. What? Just buy a new one well, that was he was he went to took him to Besden. He took him. He has to buy him a new. He has to buy him a new. He, Mama took him to Besden. Remember where I just sat in the Besden. Come to Besden. His to me is like you, you, you're masking my, my percolator. There's also things that flash your percolator. Like, percolators have one function in life. By yeshiva man is it's coffee with milk. Right? It's, it, it was it was considered a masik as far as he was concerned. Yeah, the he's potter. Okay, why is he potter? Um, so what are you worried about? So you're worried about the the. First of all, first of all there are, by the way, you can put it into another cup and then pour it from the cup into the and put it back on. There's plenty that's acceptable. So you can put a cup under the percolator, get your hot water, pour it into the cholent, don't stir the cholent, put it back on, and that's okay. Don't stir the cholent, that's, 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 a major, that's a major no-no. But in regards to putting the water in, you can do that, even from a, from a cup in between. Um, but even if you didn't, and even if you put it close enough, so you put it far down, again, so, you know, as long as it's direct, there's no problem of visual issues, and the steam will dissipate by the time it gets to the percolator. You don't have to hold it right next to the percolator. You can put it you know, down here and bring it up here. It's not a problem. But even if you didn't, you didn't do that, which is what happened, where the person put it right next to the percolator, it's not a problem. Um, the ban, you can wash off. The ban of the spigot, run the water through, and it'll take the ban out. 
that what's absorbed into the walls of the percolator. You know, there's so many arguments that it's a not or not. There's so many reasons why it's not a problem. You can make you can make your coffee, put milk in it without a problem. It's not a problem, um, and it's just the only issue you have is the band. You should run the water through one time before you use it. Okay. Um, let's talk about um, microwaves a little bit, and let's talk about what do you what do you do if you're at somebody's house who's not doing what all every night is talking to. You know, you go into your tante Bella for for yomtiv, and tante Bella is stark sign. You know, she, she should live to 120 years old. Tante Bella doesn't do any of this stuff. You know, you know that's not what, not what her rabbi told her in 1933. You don't have to do this stuff, and you know, newfangled rabbis. You don't have to do this stuff. Now what do you do? Right? So she serves you dinner. Tantabella is Tantabella. You can't say another Tantabella. Now what do you do? Okay? So that is a problem which you have to talk about. But let's talk about microwaves and we'll talk about Tantabella last. Okay. Um, everybody has a Tantabella, right? Some form or other. Um, Some microwaves, because they're small, the Zay issue becomes more significant. The best thing in the world is to have two microwaves. If you, want, if you have an option, you can get two microwaves, you know, toaster ovens, they're hard to clean, all those things, they're small, the same becomes more significant, it's hot, it's one, uh, right, um, the best thing is two microwaves. If you can't get two microwaves, for whatever reason, you, there's no room for two microwaves, you, you live in the efficiency, you know, and you put the bed up in the morning to take, put it on the table, you know, it's one of those places, right, you know, that, it's very tight, there's no room for, or you can't afford two microwaves, you know, right now, the budget is very tight. So again, the eights will be covering. So you can have one open and one should be covered. Um, now, good, so now, can you kosher a microwave? Would be the next step, okay? So can you kosher a microwave? Okay, because he said, you know, we said, okay. Now the covering, I, there I suggest two coverings. There I suggest two coverings. And Allah, whatever you need to double, they say double wrap, double wrap has to, I want to point out, it has to be two separate layers. You can't take one piece of foil and do it all the way around two times, it's double, double wrapped. It's one piece of foil. It has to be two separate pieces. I want to point that out. And it's referred in Allah, if you can, that one of the layers should be hard, at least semi-hard. Preferably, it's not two layers of foil. It's not the preferred way of doing it. If you could put, uh, we, we, when we do double wrapped, so you take a second aluminum pan. You put an aluminum pan on the bottom, so you have two aluminum pans. Not in the microwave, though. Not in the microwave. No, I'm in, in the oven. Um, and then, you know, on top. So we do, you know, we do... Heavy-duty foil, something like that, which is going to give it a little more substance. There should be a little more substance to, to one of the layers, at least. should be two layers. Okay, so but the eights in the microwave is you can do double layers. Once a double layer, the halacha says, there's no transfer of any flavor, any taste, without the medium of liquid, of moisture. So we say even if there's moisture out here and there's moisture in here, in between the two layers is dry. So nothing can happen. Nothing will happen. That's, that's the logic behind double wrap. That's why you can have your double wrapped... Uh, kosher dinner on your airplane dinner which is being warmed up in the trefa oven in the, in the airplane and that's not a problem because it's double wrapped there's no transfer of liquid over there can you kosher a microwave well this is a big because what you can kosher a microwave before you get, get, get to the issue can you kosher a microwave and the question is do you need to kosher a microwave can you just clean it out is that enough so I heard this from my brother-in-law that, the, that the Heinemann pointed out I think it's a, it's a very good cop Microwaves work different. You know, microwave the radiation heats the food, and then the food generates from the food, the, the heat ge- radiates from the food onto the walls. Some microwaves, the walls do not get hot. Some of them they do, depending on how it's how it's made, how close it is, etc. If the walls do not get hot, 
There's never an absorption into the walls. So you don't have to cash the walls of the microwave. So whenever you're going to cash, you're going to clean first. So you clean it. Now I cleaned it. I'm worried, next stage I'm worried about something absorbed in the walls. Well, if the walls never get hot, there's nothing absorbed in the walls. So what do you do? If you want to know, if you want to cash your microwave, the first thing you do is you put in a cup of water, something of that sort, at high. Let it go for a few minutes. Take it out and touch the walls carefully. You shouldn't bring yourself. If all the walls are, are not hot, you don't have to cash or anything. You, clean, you have to make sure that it's very clean, and that's it. And now you can do, you use it for the other, uh, the other, the other gender because nothing has been absorbed. You're not worried about something, taking anything out of the absorbed, in, absorbed in the walls. If it does get hot, now you have to cashier it. What about the bottom? All of them. You know, any, any, any area, sides, top, that's going to be an issue in any direction because it's so small. Wasn't the walls that will get hot? Right. The glass plate gets hot probably from the, directly from the food. So you should have it's, it's, If you want to change, that is a good point. You should, you're going to need to put some layer in between the food. Whatever you're putting in the second other gender, a layer in between. It should be clean. Put a layer in between. Or if, if possible, have, you can order a second, second, second tray from the, the company. And the bottom should be just one layer? Make again, well, it's, clean, it's dry. And it's, as long as it's dry, one layer is, make her, then is enough. Again, if you, since moisture sips down, there probably two is good. That's why microwave, because there's so much moisture in there, two is always better because otherwise it's going to run out. You know, two layers is, is much better. And then, and then no layer on top. If the walls are well, let's, if, if the walls are we're the case. What that, that, the, walls the walls? Yeah, you don't need, you don't need anything on top. Um, if it gets hot, so then you have to cash it. The way you cash it again is so you wait, you clean it out, wait 24 hours, and you put in. A, a, a cup of water and let it boil. Just let it go and get all that steam out of there and that will cash out the, the microwave. Okay. Um, okay, Tante Bella. We're good so far? Right? Yes. Once you wait 24 hours, it doesn't make a difference. It's like any time you, you cash or make it, once you, since you waited 24 hours, the, the, the flavor which is not going to go into that pot, cup, whatever it is, will not create any halachic issues. Right, even so, yeah. It's an interesting thing, but that, that's, you know, without getting involved in explaining the this, but that, that, that's, that's the halacha. Okay, um, so, you, you know, your Tante Bella was told you can use oven for flaces or for milk. It's not a problem. You use, not together, you know, of course, you, you, know, you know, you do flaces first and then you do milk afterwards. Uh, of course, you know, she's, she's in that generation. They clean the oven. That's not what you're worried about. Again, it's not issue. You know, her spots, her pots and pans are, make us look in shame. They're, they're beautifully clean. That's not the problem. But the problem is, what does it So, let's say for argument's sake, I mean, uh, that's, she was told by her rabbi, just wait 24 hours, you don't have to cash or anything, just wait 24 hours and use it. You can be Samach, that's not a problem. In other words, if she will do that, assuming the oven is clean, she waited 24 hours, you can eat that food. Milk is the place, she's the milk is you can, with waiting 24 hours, there's enough to be Samach that it's not a problem, that you can, you can be, um, you can use it. If she didn't wait 24 hours, that comes a little more problematic, and you should ask your local Orthodox rabbi what to do under the circumstances um, if somebody has that issue. But if, if they're waiting 24 hours, even then, I can tell you there's what to rely on. It's, it's possibly mutter, um, but that I think you should ask, you should ask, ask an actual Shiloh. But if the situation is 
And I happen to know somebody that they were told by their rov, you know, uh, you know, X amount of years ago, they were told that, you know, wait 24 hours, that's all you need to do. And that's, there's, there's enough to rely on that that's, that's okay. Okay. Um, I think that's covered everything that I wanted to cover. I probably forgot a line here or there that I wanted to say. Oh, um, there's, there's something I wanted to say. Um, oh, yeah, one other thing. Another example of Recha, as I, I wanted to tell you. An example of Recha is an issue. So you're making challah for Shabbos, and you make a, you make a full shear, so you take a challah dough for the challah, the challah which you're going to burn. So what do you do? With, where you stick it in the oven on the bottom and you burn it. It's a problem of Recha. It's a problem of Recha. So even though they're both, they're both dry, so with the Chachil you should not do that. So um, the best thing to do is not to do it together with anything else in the oven. If you want to burn your challah, the hafrashas challah that you take off, you want to bring your hafrashas challah. Or you could cover it. Right, right. But you, you do it together open, you just stick in the bottom, let it burn, which is a great idea, like, you know, baking anyway. If that's not, that itself is it's not, 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 the, not the best idea. Um. Okay. Yes, please. It, it, is it clean? Are you talking about that? There's actually clean. clean, or is it just that something's been absorbed? You mean is that, is that your question? Yeah. Right. Um, assuming that it's clean, so chances are probably it's mutter. You know, if it comes up, somebody should ask a shayla. But you know, the chances are, in most cases, it's going to be mutter. There's what to be said that it's mutter. Um, I know that. I remember there's a Rav in Cleveland who gave this year and he said, you know, he started saying it's mutter, which is that they could do that it's mutter. Um, and he got this hue and cry from the lady. What do you mean it's mutter? How can it be mutter? No, 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 no. Right. And he said, ladies, I'm not a Reformed rabbi. And he has a beard about twice as long as mine. He said, you might think I'm a Reformed rabbi. I'm not a Reformed rabbi. He says, I'm an Orthodox rabbi. And it's, it's meeker than it's probably mutter. You should ask for Shiloh, but the chances are usually it'll be mutter. Um, logic behind it, whatever it is, but usually it's mutter. Yeah. You know, I I I've searched for many years to find somebody who puts a real criteria down to define what's called dry and what's called liquid, and I have not found it. And I felt very good today because I called my post in Cleveland and I asked him, he says, I don't know. I said, oh, Baruch Hashem, I'm not the only person who doesn't know. You know, and he's the person with Hakan knows, you know. So, um, my theory is, and I can't tell you, I can, you know, um, just some of the different examples from Gimmon and Allah, my theory is, um, excuse me, you have a food, you bake it, you cook it, whatever, now it's dry. You know, it's moist, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not liquidy. It becomes non-liquidity for one of two reasons. One is because all of the moisture, which the, the liquid which is there, boiled out, and one is because it boiled in. It, it, it absorbed the way it was supposed to, and it functioned the way it was supposed to in, in the batter. So if it functions the way it's supposed to in the batter, that's not called a liquidy thing. It's called a dry thing, which is, you know, is in the process of going solidifying. That's why your cake batters, etc., 
the liquid, the liquid there is not, you know, this excess liquid which has to boil out, and that's why it dries out. That is, it, it combines together, it does what it's supposed to do, and it does its thing, and it becomes a cake. Um, whereas you have gravy in your chicken, there's actual liquid there, it might end up being dry because it all boiled out. That's, you know, it's a different problem. Now, you know, I can't tell you the science is 100 correct. That's my theory. So, um, I, don't know how, I don't understand how cheesecake works in that because I don't understand cheesecake, you know, what it's supposed to look like anyway. The chachil and the bidiyev, I've never studied a cheesecake batter to tell you why I understand it. Um, so, assuming that's so, I think that, that you know, that even, uh, I, I can't tell you what a banana batter looks like, a cake batter. Banana cake batter looks like, but I'm assuming it would be the same thing. It's still right. That'd be my assumption. Um, right. In the case we right in the case which we gave, which you didn't have, you didn't have your your your. Um, no, no, no. If you captured it, the case I guess. Uh, you, no, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying this before. If you didn't capture it in between, the relationship was supposed to open. Right. So now you do that, so you, could, you couldn't have it with milk. You could have it before milk or after milk, but you can't have it with milk. Any containers, any, any power pans that you baked it in, kind of puts the relationship down? There are some places who, who are concerned about that. Um, not to make so much of a difference, but, you know, the, the applications, but the, the, yes. Give me a full sentence, please. I think Tupperware is good. I think you should buy it. I think Tupperware is bad. You shouldn't buy it. What about Tupperware? Okay, like in, like in Dorit's example of banana cake. So now she goes to milk of meal. It doesn't matter if it goes in the milk of Tupperware or flesh of Tupperware. Can it go in the milk? I mean afterwards for storage what purposes? No, that doesn't make sense. Banana cake. Banana cake. Right. So it doesn't okay. matter. No, once it's storage, is not a problem, right? Yeah, ladies, we're good? Yes. Yeah. Um, assuming the sink is clean. Assuming the sink is clean. Um, it, it, the best data is to try and prevent it. But assuming the sink is clean, it's not going to be a problem, but yeah. Um, Again, there's different reasons why that's true, but the, that, that, you know, but the um, the etza which my wife try does, which I I, I think I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying over correctly, because you know, she runs the cold water right at the same time, and that you know that it minimizes the the, the 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 problem, but it's um, I don't think it's a problem. Um. Where it's going to hit the, the actual flow of the liquid's going to hit it, or are you talking about the, the steam? The steam will go up and it'll hit the dishes. Um, let's see, one second. You're talking about, you, it, it was, well, I guess, let me go back a step. You're talking about there was actual milchik. Um, so you're draining a milchik pot, and there's right. milchik dishes in the sink, and there's like a rack, but the sink itself is straight. And the steam is coming up from the bottom of the sink and going onto the dishes. The steam goes up and down. Right? So I'm saying there's a rack in the sink and you have, let's say, you have like cups or something. But as you're pouring, you're pouring down, but the steam is only going up. 
great, but it's going up on some dishes. And off the food then. Right, but you, you assume it never touched the trained area because it only goes up. It touched the bottom of the sink. The bottom of the sink. What's the But you assume that steam goes up. Steam and hot water. Steam and hot water. The answer is, it's not going to be also Bidi Abed. I would probably say it's better to get involved in it, but Bidi Abed, so Chalik said in Russia and the others in Russia, it's not, it's Mutter. So, um, you're on cold water, you don't get involved in it, but it's Mutter. Like, um, right, so. Right, you're pouring out from the, you're pouring through the calendar. You're draining, the, through, draining through the noodles through the calendar, so you have the hot, hot, Liquid going into the into the so it's draining into the sink. Hot liquid is hitting the sink and making all this wonderful steam coming up. And that goes back onto the food. That goes back onto the food or onto the right. right. So, is it a problem? So the Russian says it's not a problem. I mean, I don't want to get involved. The Russian has a psak and that. Oh, it's, it's always better. But the, 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 the Dine White has a chuvah where he holds it is a problem, and therefore if you can get around the problem, if you run cold water, see even if there's steam coming up, that steam is not going to be problematic because it. it, it as long as the temperature in, in, the, in the sink itself is not, it's bow, the steam which is being produced is not a problem. So as long as you keep the temperature of the sink cool, cool enough that it's not Yatsaletis bow, you're okay. So you, you have cold water running onto the sink, you're okay. If it does, I would still probably, I would pass the like, like anyway, that's still mutter. So that's why, if you ask Michelle, but yeah, I would tell you it's also mutter, but I feel like we have nothing about it. Yes? Yes? If it needs to be koshered, yes. So it's the same. It's the same rule in general as, as, as any any koshering. It's not, it's not like the the self clean oven. Yes. 